All right, we need to talk about um, all of the madness that's been happening in and around cricket. And we've been covering cricket for a while. Uh, so we thought let's just quickly update you before we get to our legend, um, because it is a big story. And it's been one of the most dramatic days in the country's sporting landscape. And we don't say that to alarm you. We say that because it is exactly what it is. Now, as the Cricket South Africa statement rightfully put it, it is indeed a very sad day for cricket in the country, um, depending which side of the fence you sit, of course. It could be sad. It could be one of those where people say it's about time. And you remember, we spoke about this this week, and we actually spoke to the minister himself. Now, the worst has happened, and Cricket South Africa has been stripped off national recognition. So my understanding is that if you're stripped off national recognition, is that no team can play internationally and claim to represent South Africa. It's like saying there will be no more Bafana Bafana. So nobody can go and claim. Nobody can go sing the national anthem and say, you know, Pakistan up against the Proteas. India versus the Proteas. England versus the Proteas. It's as simple as that. There's no cricket team. There's no national cricket team at the moment. And ironically, the Proteas cannot wear the Protea on their chest at the moment. Maybe they can when they go to bed, but not on the field. And Cricket South Africa themselves, they cannot award national colors. The most catastrophic day in the organization's history, I can imagine. And I guess a lot of people saying, yeah, well, they did it all by themselves. The minister did try month after month to get the affairs in order. But clearly, it was all in vain. And of course, uh, this, can, this can be reversed. But only if the recommendations of that Nicholson report are, are implemented. Now, Mr. Chwaku, I can only bring him on here to try and help me uh, break this down in all of 12 minutes. He is Sport24 senior sports writer. Uh, can you, so thank you so much indeed for granting us your time. Good evening. Good evening, Brad Rob. Um, when I called you, Brad Rob, because I am reminded of what interview you had after the Chiefs game, where one unit got back and said, Brad Rob Gunzi. <laughs> <laughs> you are not wrong on that one. You're not wrong at all. I don't know if you're on speaker, but I am getting feedback, uh, can you so? So can we quickly just rectify that so that we can have a nice, clean uh, conversation? There it is. I've got you loud and clear. All right, so moving from uh, Willard Katsande type of remark to your kind of remark. Kunzima. There is no national cricket team right now. Break it down. Is it reversible? Where do we stand? Well, as things stand, there is a space of a week, if not um, just over that, uh, before the minister actually, it's called the, well, the ministry completes gazetting um, section 13.5 of the, 13.35.8 of the National Sports and Recreation Act 110 of 1998. Um, that particular act, um, I think you, uh, Mr. Unatim Jeddah would have explained through the week what it entails with regards to the actions that, that he can take as a, allowed him as a minister with regards to punitive action towards a sporting federation that is um, in disrepute. The biggest thing now we need to ask is the members' council in particular. 
why has it taken this action that is effectively, oh, that, that won't affect them, but will affect the players significantly? Because now, you look at how the, the, the members' council is difficult over the past eight, eight, not eight months, but to say, but if you look at from the time when the first board resigned, end of November, end of October, to the appointment of the interim board to where we are now. Remember that the resignation, this is strike three, if, if you put it this way. Yeah. Remember that um, Minister Mteto was incensed at how the board in particular did not want to resign. That he before to resign, he had to wag his finger at them. That was end of October. Mm. And then there was the issue of the, the members' council not appointing the board for various reasons. That was strike two. And then there was the toing and froing between the interim board and the members' council with regards to the MOI, which um, they thought they would have reached finality last Saturday, and that did not happen. And clearly, the minister was incensed at that meeting. Um, we need to bring Sascock into the into the role here yeah, because they are a very guilty party in this. Yeah. Sascock here, as Dr. Severus Nicolau explained yesterday, they pulled out of the process early last year. They said that they didn't have they did not have the resources to partake in this process. That was strike one from there. And then he said on February nine, he approached them. They 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 requested Sascock to be part of the MRI deliberations. They pulled out again. And then he further explained yesterday that Sascock through their CEO, um, acting CEO, Ravi Govinda, that they were going to be part of the meeting. And then on the morning of the meeting, they said that they'd pull out. And then all of a Sunday, Barry Hendricks is then part of the meeting as a guest who then speaks at that particular meeting. So here, it, it looks like a favorite of sabotage, where Sascock, in particular as the sports governing body of this country, should have been part of the MOI negotiations from the first part, where if the members' council had issues with the composition of the board, um, which is uh, seen to which um, the minister wants to be aligned along with the Nicholson recommendations, they should have been able to guide the process, which they didn't do. What then happens on Saturday? Barry Hendricks speaks, um, uh, um, reiterating Sascock's stance with regards to how constitution should be fought through and that they need to see the constitution before it's ratified which for all intents and purposes is a hijacking of the process. So, look, um, it's, it's, I feel for the players. I feel for the employees. I feel for those people who actively contributed to the game because they are the ones who are going to be hardest hit by the decision. Where the members' council, well, I'm not saying members' council in its entirety, but the five affiliates who voted against the, the amendment and the three that abstained. Because even though, at the end of the day, they needed 11 out of 14 for their amendments to be made. But so that didn't happen. But at the end of the day, um, look, the minister was left without a choice because, as he clearly said during the week on your show, that he has given the CSA time to make the decision. And because Sascock pulled out of the process, it was left to CSA to self-correct. And that didn't happen. So, look, the members' council have a favorite of extending to do, especially the eight unions that one did not vote or voted against, because they need to explain their role in all of this, in that people will say that the game should be run by those who have gone through the game. That is true. However, mm. though, when the people who have gone through the game have repeatedly failed in their fiduciary duty to ensure that the game is, if the game is governed properly, what other, what other options should they be taking there? 
And, and, and what are you sensing in terms of reaction? Because they had this opportunity, like you've stressed out this past weekend, and there was dragging of feet, and then there was what you know seemed to be a bit of a, a show where there was a, a, a talk of an observer uh, in Barry Hendricks coming on um, and then being asked to have a say, uh, and then having that say, but uh, having a say in a prepared kind of speech, which means that it was all part of the plan all along. But games and everything aside, the game now, can you so is what is affected and affected with immediate effect next week, Friday, if it is gazetted. So there is a little bit of time. There is a little bit of room. Do you think they're going to utilize these seven days? Well, look, for the benefit of the players, they have to, because remember now, um, the national, the men's national team has to go to the West Indies um, next month. Um, there is an emerging team that is currently in the MIPI at the moment. Uh, they need to get those things. They, that, that week now becomes crucial. Because now what the minister has done, he's effectively held the members' council hostage. In the same way, they use their brinkmanship to, to, uh, to get the minister to accede to what they want. The minister, when they appointed the interim board, the mandate was clear. And the biggest mandate was ensure that there is a majority independent board uh, in place before your extend before your term ends. He's extended the term twice. He's extended it now by a month. So it's clear that the one thing that the members, the interim board needs to do is to ensure that they leave that particular structure in place. Come hell or high water. Now the members council now have been forced into a corner where they may have they have to make a decision that they do not want. But they have to make a decision that is for the betterment of the game. Because I, I, I draw inference to a number of matters that have taken place through the Members' Council tenure, where as a governing body, a CSSC most high, highest decision-making body, they could have and should have made decisions that would have not have led to this process if they ensured that their decisions were for the betterment of the case. Now that their livelihood is at stake, it comes across as if they are fighting a very, a very altruistic battle, which isn't the case. What they are fighting for is a very existence. Whereas when they had an opportunity to ensure that their decisions are for the best of the game, they did it. So now that next week becomes very important. And if the members' council does not um, respond to the carrying call of the national or of, or the, of the national team being stripped of the national colours, then I think it will be sufficient of the highest order. Well, I think mean, it wouldn't come as a surprise mm-hmm. considering that they've always served their own interests throughout this process. I was about to say that the only thing that I'm picking up is that now that it's going to be hitting their pockets, now that it's going to be affecting them uh, personally, is that why then are the people that are serving serving if it's got all to do with them and nothing to do with the game? Well, I mean, you know, administrators will often say that I'm here to serve. Um, uh, But you'd find now that in a decision like this, what are your constituents saying? Because your constituents who are the people at the process level are the ones who be saying, look, make a decision that you feel will take the game forward. And if you realize that the IP, not the IP, the MC, uh, the Members Council, by not taking those decisions over the past nine years, where they've taken decisions the betterment of the game, they've effectively stripped themselves of credibility. That credibility that if they were able to make decisions that were suiting the game, we wouldn't be having this issue at the moment. Where now they find that because the minister not have, hasn't wagged the fingers, probably brought out the big stick and said it's either the it's either an independent majority vote or the game goes. 
effectively now, um, it's, 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 I wouldn't call it a Mexican standoff because the minister holds, holds all the aces. Now, how how does the how does now CFA go to the International Cricket Council and say that no, we've been browbeaten in this decision we, we don't like. We are mm. being intervened in here because the minister has made it clear. He made it clear last year that he is in communication with ICC with regards to the members' council's inability to actually cooperate with in the, in, with, the, with the interim board. So look, they 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 can, they, they can cry now to let house come home, but this is a bit that they've made for themselves. It's now a point where they need to they need to sleep in it, but also in doing so, they can't take the game with them because now the stand of the day with the minister is effectively saying. We are going to take the game down with us if our demands of keeping with the status quo isn't met. Oh, I mean, that's that's a very strong statement, and um, and I know that late today they did respond. I don't know what you made of their response, um, cricket South Africa, that is, uh, regarding the exercise of its powers in terms of that section thirteen that you mentioned earlier. Uh, they did describe it as a, a very sad day for the country, for cricket, for millions of South Africa. Uh, chair of the board, you know, that's uh, Dr. Stravos and Nicolau, uh, said only the members' council can retrieve the situation now by resolving to support uh, an expedited procedure in terms of Section 60 um, of the Companies Act. Um, the issues of governance, and it, it, it looks like they might even carry on fighting it further because they do not believe uh, that the, the minister has got all of the powers uh, to change things. The, I mean, the members' council feel that they have every single right here, uh, can you so, to, to challenge uh, Minister Natim Tetra. Are they being ill-advised in terms of their legal eagles that are behind the scenes? Um. They, I, 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 would, I would like to say that the, I think they'd like to use Section 13.5b, where the minister's um, powers are quite curtailed with regards to whether a dispute has been has been declared. Which at this point in time, that Sascock were pulled into this issue and they pulled out of the matter, citing resources. If Sascock hadn't arrived, had arrived at the resolution. I think then the minister would, would, would then the section 13.5b, they would have curtailed the minister's powers. But now, Sascock, by being unable, by not being unable to, by not participating in this process and finding a common ground for both parties, therefore allows the minister to the thing, to actually proceed with section 13.5a of the National mm. Sports and Recreation Act. So, look, I would, I would love to see how that will pan out. Um, I'd love to see how that will pan out because ideally the dispute is between the members' council and the interim board. But where Sascock, as the mother body, should have intervened, they didn't. Where if Sascock had intervened and had found a resolution, then there would have there would there would there was the need for Section 135A to be implemented um, would not have been the case, and therefore Section 13B would have Section 135B would have been null and void. So I suspect that they're going to use Section 135B um, to actually to defend themselves. How the how far that will go, and under what auspices that will do that? Because I mean, if um, if if colors of CSA are stripped, under what auspices are they going to mount that defense on? 
you know, as we speak, I've also just been quickly glancing at their website, Cricket SA, and it's it's important again to gauge what the public is saying. And there was a comment that was made in comment of what Muhammadi Kapadisa was saying. Now, Graham Vivian says the members council has presided over disaster after disaster, massive corruption and mismanagement. It was for that reason that the Nicholson inquiry happened and the recommendations were made. The only freeloaders are the members of the members council who are trying to protect their own self-interests and the response to that by Muhammadi was saying says Graham uh, I, I I support the members council the crooks will be uh, the so-called independents because they have no one to report to I support the independents uh, but not as a majority bring in a lawyer an auditor a ministerial representative and a player and a fan representative but you need the members in a majority because they run the clubs and the provinces they do the drudge work independents will not care about clubs provinces development etc because they are not involved with the day-to-day running of cricket what does stavros as well as judith february and m tetra know about cricket so that is the kind of conversation that is currently on the way how do you what do you make of that it is a fair it is a fair argument you can't look past it um those it is it is a fair argument it is a very fair one in that um the role of of independent in terms of how they know the game, how they understand the game, is one that will rightly, rightfully be questioned. Remember that in South Africa's former 12-man, 12-person board, you had five independents. And mm. the skullduggery took place with, with those independents there. And their oversight powers came into question. And when time came for them to account, a number of them resigned. Um, so, look, I think with independents, you can always find independents who work in the game. Well, not necessarily in, in decision-making powers. Um, we think about people who've worked in the game, people who have specific skills and understand the game. When they say independent, it doesn't mean now you need to find someone from corporate who's never worked in the game before. That, that, that is not the point of independence. I mean, there are plenty of players, um, there are plenty of, of experts who've worked in and outside of cricket who would be able to understand the intricacies of the game without um, being involved, without having been involved at club level, where they bring in, where they bring in specific skills, where... They would end with the oversight. But, you know, it's, you also understand that cricket needs, or sports in particular, needs to be run by people who have been involved in the sport. But have those people who, who are involved in sport, involved in a particular sport, and be administrating in sport, cover themselves in glory. That hasn't been the point. I mean, the members, the members council in particular, yes, the people have grown through the game, but their fiduciary duty, when it's come to a number of years, I mean, the majority issue was, Again, the point where the members of the general council then failed in the fiduciary duty to rein in the CEO. Mm. So again, it, 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 it's where, where do we draw the line in accountability? Because one of the reasons why the, Nicol- the, the Nicholson recommendations um, specifically stated that an independent board needs to uh, an independent majority board uh, needs to be in place, it is because that you have provincial presidents who will then serve. The provincial, no, no, the, the, who, who make decisions not based on what is important for the game, but how it suits the provincial needs. And that has been the biggest problem, which is why the Nicholson recommendations were in place, because decisions, if you are, again, if you are now Kingsley Cricket President, and you find that you are not getting test matches, you're not getting ODIs, you're not getting T20s, you're going to try to ensure that the, the decisions that you make are benefiting your union. Instead of making decisions that are good for the game in general, um, 
the quality of the independence that South Africa had, um, especially the cricket South Africa had, has to come into question, and that is something that needs to be vetted properly by whatever by, by whichever nominations committee um, that takes over. Uh, but the, the merits for for the members' council still being in place is very valid, and them um, having a say. But I mean, Dr. Nicola did say today that the members' council will have a say in the independence will, will be on the board. They will still enforce. It's not like the process will be whitewashed with the left of city watch the game being run by other people. They will still have a big say in the running of the game. But the fact remains that the fact of the matter has shown over the years that um, administrators um, who have come to the system haven't run the game well. Another mo- another method of of governance needs to be tried. Yep. I guess if you're a corporate entity, you know, uh, there's, there's various king reports that you have to comply by. There's a Nicholson report that has recommendations. But you know what, uh, Kanye, so let's let's see what transpires in the week. I, I sense that you and I are going to be chatting pretty soon. Uh, this is a massive, massive story. And uh, if it can be rescued, let it be rescued. It's uh, seven whole days. I know it sounds like Tony Braxton now. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it, it, it is seven whole days. They've got the time. It can be rectified. But let's see, maybe closer to Friday next week, round about Thursday or Friday, so yeah. that we can report to the nation uh, if that deadline I mean, has been met. I mean, you, you'll have seen in South African politics in particular that seven days is a very, very long time. Hey. Yeah. Don't, don't scare <laughs> me, my brother. Thank you so much. Can you so? <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate your time and your knowledge and your wisdom, sir. No, thank you very much, brother Rob. Thank you so much. That's Sport24 Senior Sports Writer. Uh, can you so Draco joining us right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide? Well, after a short break, the horse.